you need to find what makes you you again and really just find your community and self-care can look like whatever it takes for you to take care of yourself it doesn't have to be big whatever it takes welcome to the daily naked pair podcast brought to you by rocco blue the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children naked parent nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. And before I introduce you to our guest today, like to start by sharing our community's preamble. Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truth, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment, one day at a time. Esther and Jerry Hicks call it the science of deliberation, and we call it the answer to all of our prayers. So again, before I introduce you to our guests, I just want us to get centered and take a few minutes for ourselves and just sit up straight and let your eyes close and try and find a calm, inside and take in your surroundings and listen to those sounds and feel how your body feels and take a deep breath in hold it and exhale again with a straight back as you inhale through your nose imagine your breath moving from their lower spine all the way to the top of your head just visualize that process and hold it at the top. Inhale. Hold. Exhale. And we're gonna do that one more time and this time really give yourself a chance to have a break from everything. Inhale and draw that breath from the bottom of your spine through a tube up to the top of your head and hold it. and exhale. I don't know about you, but I need that and more to stay somewhat grounded on this amazing journey I'm having. And part of my amazing journey has the opportunity to introduce you to Colleen. And how do we say your last name, Colleen? Gallardi. Gallardi. And who is a mother of two, correct me if I'm wrong, an auntie to many and prospective writer. That's me. <laughs> you have a 15-year-old? 
I have a 15-year-old and a 24-year-old. And your 15-year-old is on the spectrum? He is. And when did you figure out that he was on the spectrum? Troy didn't get his official ASD diagnosis until he was 12 years old. Was that the first time that you noticed anything that seemed different? No, it's not. Troy was born at 37 weeks and my uterus ruptured. Mm. So Troy went without oxygen for about 25 minutes um, before they could get, they realized what was happening and got him out. When he was born, he was not breathing and had to be resuscitated where he started seizing automatically. He had to be flight for life to a bigger hospital um, in a different town. And there we were told that he had little to no chance at life. And that if he did live, we'd be raising virtually just a body, not a person. So Troy um, is my little miracle baby. Mm. Not so much little anymore, but he'll always be. We were told for three weeks of Troy's life that he would not make it and that if he did, it would be very dire. So at the end of the three weeks, Troy just kept overcoming every obstacle and surprising the doctors. Every time we were told he would never do anything such as breathe or eat on his own, we would go back. We stayed at the Ronald McDonald house and we would go back and pray for those little milestones and Every morning we'd wake up and Troy would have gone over another hurdle. So at the end of the three weeks, long story short, the head of the NICU at that large hospital for children told us, we don't know what saved this baby. He's something came in and did it. It wasn't us. Um, So take him home and raise him as you would a typical child. And if anything pops up along the way, talk to your pediatrician. So we weren't surprised that Troy would have struggles, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. For the first um, few years of his life, I worked really hard to get him to meet his milestones and make sure that he stayed on track. So we didn't notice anything right away. It wasn't until he was about three that I started to get concerned with his socializing He just seems so much farther behind than his brother was at that age. Potty training was difficult. There were a lot of signs, but I kept taking him into the pediatrician and asking, is there something else going on? And I was informed that he had NICU baby syndrome where we're basically he's spoiled and we're not allowing him to grow. Yeah. So that was like, okay, we're spoiling him, but I knew it didn't sit well with me as a parent. You kind of know, you know, you Mm -hmm. have that parent intuition that my mommy gut was telling me that's not right. You know, Mm -hmm. um, he might be spoiled, but that's okay. (laughs) So I had taken him in for actually a cold and another pediatrician happened to be on call that day. And so we couldn't get in to see his, and we saw this different pediatrician and she asked me, Pretty much right away, she said, has anyone spoken with you about getting him screened for autism? I'm just seeing these signs. Do you want to get him in? Um, So that's where our journey really started with getting him the help he needed and getting him diagnosed with what was happening. Sorry, that was really long way about telling you how it all started. (laughs) No, it's super important for us to kind of 
get that backstory because those are like the most from the interviews that I do, those those are like the super difficult years. If it's not difficult enough to have a baby, yeah, with no idea and no roadmap of how to deal with these things, you add in these other pieces that are just almost beyond comprehension, right? To the mix. And then you end up in this place where do I sink or swim? Like, am I going to, okay, do I have what it takes to like rise to the occasion to take on this journey or do I jump off the cliff into addiction or depression? And a lot of us do a little bit of both along the way and we struggle to come out of it and hopefully we do for our kids' sake. So I think it's super important to hear that backstory. Now, once you found that new doctor that kind of turns you on to this new were you in denial in the beginning did you take their suggestions and just kind of jump on that train how did that work for you yeah my husband and I were in that unique position where we didn't think we were going to be able to be raising Troy and so we totally we weren't shocked but here we thought we had this miracle child and everything was going to be great because we had him and then we were hit with, well, there is damage there. There, He's not, he didn't come through unscathed. And it was hard. When Troy got his first diagnosis, which was about a year later, with, and that was the diagnosis of basically it's global brain damage. We were both hit pretty hard. I, be, my husband, Mike, and I, um, I put all, I was, we were both all in. We studied, we did all everything we could to help him. I became severely depressed at that time. It just was such gut punch seeing the struggles that he was going to have. And I had to go through the, and I think all of us as special needs parents go through this. You have to go through that grieving where you're grieving the life you planned for your child. Yeah. Once you learn the life they're going to traverse. So at that time, I took it really hard and I'm so thankful that my husband and I have this connection where we're like, we're battle buddies (laughs) for lack of better word to say it. Like we're in the trenches together. One of us can take over when the other one can't. And that's been true this entire 15 years. That's beautiful because I think the statistics say that 80% of the people in your situation, instead of joining together and becoming battle buddies, they become a different kind of battle buddy and they start battling each other. Yeah. I was kind of struggling to get to this. This is just keeping it real. I was struggling to get to the show today because I'm still trying to get divorced four and a half years later. Who's in the mom, you know, on drugs. Oh, hasn't seen the kids in years is, you know, dropping stuff off at the house, trying to buy their way in, but owes hundreds of thousands in child support. It's like, And I want to be past all of this. You know, I want to just be there for the kids and the struggles that like we take on as special needs parents usually blow up the couple that needs to be the strongest. And so I think it's really important that you know how inspiring it is for me and for the listeners out there that you guys are finding a way to do this together because it's so much better for the kids. Your kids are so lucky to have parents like you. So I hope you know that that's oh, a unique you. situation. I appreciate it. And I don't know, 
I couldn't do it alone. But if I'm being honest here, and I think that's what your podcast is all about. Yeah. There has been times along our road where I have asked myself, wouldn't it be easier if we had our own separate spaces and one of us could rest for a few days? Not because we don't want to be together, not because we're not, we don't love each other, but strictly for the fact that it might be nice to be able to rest, to go to sleep and sleep for a full night in your own spot, feeling safe. And we have had that conversation. And then we're like, well, that's just crazy. Like, number one, that would suck. But number two, <laughs> that would be very expensive. Um, <laughs> but Troy didn't sleep through the night for 12 years. It took him 12 years to sleep through the night. Wow. And my husband and I had done, we have done all the juggling of having him in our room with us in a different bed or taking turns sleeping with him so the other parent can sleep. So there was that at that time during those 12 years when I'm like, oh, if I just had like a room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that from one single parent and I, I'm sure there's others out there that um, we would choose the alternative to have a partner and somebody to be with through those challenging times than to have, you know what I mean? I can't imagine the strength that you have. And that's also the other part of the show. The other part of the show is we all have the power within us to do whatever this life has to bring to us. And we just have to find that. And the beauty is in exactly what we have if yeah. we're just able to get rid of all of our stuff and find it. And it's not because of special needs or no special needs. It's not because of being an all-American athlete or a 4.0 student. It's about finding the beauty in exactly what we have in yes. this life. At least that's my kind of message to myself yes. and, and our listeners. And so that's why I like to share these inspiring stories of, of parents that, that summit seemingly impossible mountains your story is one of them. So let's kind of move further into at what age when you start kind of accepting that he has some of these, you know, battle wounds, as you called them. Yeah, it was about age four when the acceptance piece came in. He had gotten the diagnoses of the traumatic brain injury, along with seizures, a tick disorder. And we started accepting it. And really doing our research as to how to help him best. Where Troy's brain damage occurred is all of the parts, if you can imagine, that affect his impulse control, his judgment. Ba so basically, we were told at first that because of where the brain damage was, that's what made it appear like autism. Okay. And so he wasn't diagnosed as being on the spectrum because that's where his brain injury was. So unlike most children where they don't know where it came from, his is where his brain was hit. Um, it wasn't until he was 12 that we saw a, another specialist and she said, I don't care where it came from. He definitely is on the autism spectrum. Getting that diagnosis was another thing we had to accept. And so, but then getting that diagnosis also opens up so much opportunity for our children. So does that mean that you're starting into services and 
therapies and things like that at around age four and five? At age four or five, we were doing some services, a little bit of occupational therapy, a little bit of speech therapy, and getting him in special education in school seeing a developmental um, neurologist, those type of things. And really just, I just went all in. I went all in. I've completely forgot who I was. Mm-hmm. I did my best to parent my neurotypical child, but I was Troy's mom. That was my label. Yeah. Is that still the case today or has that sort of, that has that evolved? That has definitely evolved. I am still 100% Troy's mom. But I had to learn that I can't wear all those hats. I can't be his therapist and his teacher and his mom and his cook, you know, because I had nothing left to give. And a wife and a mom to another child and. Yeah. A daughter to my parents. And like I said, I have, I'm an auntie to many and I take that job very seriously as well, but I had nothing. I got to the point where I was so immersed in being Troy's mom, that I lost all of my Colleen, if I, if, if that makes sense. Totally. And um, have you found any Colleen since you've realized that you lost Colleen? Yes. Yeah. And that's, um, I was approached, Troy was doing um, Special Olympics snowboarding, which Special Olympics, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience. Yeah. What a gift for our children. So he was doing special Olympic snowboarding and my husband was his coach slash partner. So I would just wait at, you know, the bottom for them. Uh And I had this group of women who were older than me. They had been on the journey a lot longer than I had. And they came up to me and were like, Colleen, you look exhausted. You've got to get some rest. You have got to start taking care of yourself because this isn't going to get easier. And I was so mad at them at first. I was like, yeah. I can do it all. Have you met me? Like, yeah, super. I don't long. need sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they're like, we're going to go talk to Mike, <laughs> my <laughs> husband, because you cannot pour from an empty cup. You have nothing left to give. You look like you haven't slept. And I hadn't. I hadn't slept in so long at that point. This is before he started sleeping through the night because I'm the mommy. My husband, wonderful, wonderful father, but he has to work, you know, full time to support us because when I was working, Troy wasn't being cared for properly. So I had to quit my job to be home to take care of him. Mm-hmm. So because my husband worked, the system was I basically slept with Troy all week and then I would sleep kind of on the weekends. You know, he would take over. So that was my intervention from those women that I needed to start looking into self-care, however that looked. And how long ago was that? That was about uh, five years ago. What were some of the first suggestions you took or what were some of the first steps you took once you got that alarm rung? Yeah. Some of the first things I did were just simple because I looked at, at first, I looked at it as self-care means you like go to a spa, you know, and you relax But that's not at all what self-care is. And I have learned that over the past five years. Self-care is doing what you need to do to take care of you at that given moment. So sometimes it looks like you could go to a spa. I guess I never have. But 
Sometimes I'll read a book or I'll take a long bath. The first thing I did is my husband got me a hotel room just in the next town over. I'm in Colorado Springs. I went to Denver, stay the night at the hotel so I could get a full night's sleep. He said, I don't, please don't answer your phone. Just be you for a full night. And that one night stay was life changing for me. Because I got to realize, okay, what do I want to do with myself? I hadn't been alone in years. You know? <laughs> and um, I started getting back into my faith, going to what gave me Troy in the first place was my faith. You know, those prayers I said in the Ronald McDonald house that got answered, I hadn't been going to him. I had just been all in, just mom, 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 you know? Yeah. Would you say your faith is one of the big pieces of the Colleen 2.0? Yes. That's one of the biggest. I mean, if I had to rely on just me every day, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. But knowing I don't have to rely on me, that there is a God who has my back, who has me, who more importantly has Troy. It's not all on me. (laughs) I have someone I can lean on and go to. Who can take it all? That's beautiful. I have to say that this show is for everybody and all walks of life and all faith. But my experience, just as someone who's done over 100 interviews at this point, Mm -hmm. is that the people that are doing the best, in my opinion, at the time I interview them in the shows, have some kind of faith. And the ones who don't mention anything about a faith that they lean on, seem to struggle the most because it is, if you haven't gone through this journey or a journey like it, it's not something that you can explain to somebody else. It's not something that somebody else can empathize for. It's freaking insane. If I, if I can put it like that. Yeah. And what my experience has been is once I leaned on kind of higher consciousness and faith stuff started like working like magic that didn't, really makes sense. And it's not that I'm a single dad of five kids within six years of age and two with special needs and their mom hasn't Mm. seen them in years. And, you know, she has the house, the cars and the money like that doesn't add up. It doesn't work out on paper. And I've never, my life's never been so good. I've never been closer with my kids in my life. Mm. And, you know, and I fell into the addiction traps and all kinds of traps. So I'm uniquely qualified for this position, I think, as um, as hosting this show. But I, I appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing your faith and kind of that journey up the mountain. And I hope you're able to, you know, enjoy life in a different way today. Yeah. What's a difficult day in your life look like today? What's a difficult day in Troy's life of uniqueness? Sure. Yeah. Troy is 15 years old, so we're hitting those hormonal times. Um, He likes things a certain way, as many children do that are on the spectrum. So a difficult day. I'm just going to get, again, I'll just be honest with you. This week, Troy got a really bad cold. For a child who struggles, he is verbal, but he struggles communicating his needs and his thoughts. Um, it's very frustrating for him 
when he doesn't feel well because I can't magically make it better. And I'm trying to stay healthy myself because, again, he's 15. He's not a little one anymore. So I got up with him. I got him his meds. I made sure he was taken care of. And then I went back to my bed. Well, he kept coming in and it was every hour. Mommy, I can't sleep. I just need to be in here with you. No, Troy, you know, dad has to work tomorrow. You need to go to your bed. You cannot come in our bed. So he jumps on me and gets really angry. Troy, you need to go to your room. So he goes down to his room and I hear him. He's really experimenting with different language right now. (laughs) So I hear him using poor language choices. Yeah. Um, But I'm like, you know what? If he's in his room, I'm okay. So we still have a monitor for him just to make sure he's safe. He lays back down. I try to fall back asleep. He comes in within an hour. And this time he has revved himself up and it's full meltdown. So he jumps on me in bed and he's so like his body is shaking and he's so upset because he doesn't feel good, which I understand. And my heart hurts for him. Yeah. But he doesn't know what to do with that. So he actually bit me on my head and sunk his teeth in and he's shaking my body. My husband had to pull him off me. Um, I'm five, three, maybe Troy is five, 10. Wow. He's a big dude. And that is the struggle that we face with him right now. It's those hormones. It's that rage. And then not being able to fight his impulses because his impulse control is way down. So since that happened, that was Tuesday, I think I have slept on the couch so that I can hear him when he comes up the stairs. His room's downstairs, our room's upstairs. And I could say, Troy, you're safe. I'm right here. Go back to bed. But most importantly, because I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe laying in my bed right now when he's sick and could jump on me at any minute. Yeah. He doesn't want to be on the couch. He wants to be in my bed. So me removing myself from my bed actually has worked because I'm not where he can get to me, even though he totally could on the couch, but it's not where he wants to be. If that makes sense. Wow. That's interesting. Do you handle the situation different than the Colleen 1.0 would have handled the situation? Yes. (laughs) I don't think I would be able to function. Yeah. I would be, how would you have handled it? How would Colleen 1.0 handle this situation? A lot of crying in my bathroom, a lot of leaving my house and shopping. My, that's my drug of choice. Yeah. Is that's the one thing I can control when I'm depressed. So that was my go-to for a while with the struggle was I would shop when I was sad. I would shop when I was hurt. I would shop. Yeah. And that's what I would do. Now I'm able to, okay, I can't go cry in the bathroom because he's still sick and he still needs me. But I can say to him, you go to your room. I do not want you to come out. I cannot deal with you right now. ABA has been a huge help with us in learning how to, what makes Troy tick. And I'm able to make the choice. Like I said, I'm going to sleep on the couch. This is, that's my self-care right now. I'm taking care of myself by not putting myself in a vulnerable situation so I can better take care of him. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. For parents that are listening that have special needs children, I think they'll understand completely for a parent that doesn't have a special needs child. I think it's amazing. There's no way to explain how 
when your life has evolved and you've come so far and you're in such a great place and yet your kid is still biting your head or eating their own feces and wiping it on the walls. It's like, that's not something you can explain to a typical parent that like, no, I'm in a really good place. Like, yeah, I'm in a, we're in a really good place. You know, like it's, um, I understand. I understand. And I'm sorry you got bit in the head. I'm sorry. He's so upset that he feels that frustration where he, needs to find an outlet like that. And I'm grateful and inspired to see and hear your journey from Colleen 1.0 to Colleen (laughs) 2.0 and that, you know, you can have a different experience today. Yeah. Thank you. Just to kind of like get some more of your thoughts and opinions. We do kind of a little lightning round where I ask a question and you give sort of a a one word to one sentence answer to the question, just so we can get more of your thoughts and experience. Are you up for it? I'm up for it. All right. What's the best advice you have received? I think it's the, you can't pour from an empty vessel. Got to take care of you, mama (laughs) or daddy. (laughs) Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? I really do. The special Olympics community. I think that would be my biggest thing that I would share with other parents. You need to build that community of parents who are not going through what you're going through, but know what it's like to be in these special needs trenches. I like that. What's the next thing on your list that you want to add for your individual well-being? For my individual well-being, I am actually working on writing a book about Troy's birth and the miracle that is Troy. It brings me joy to help people. And I can't imagine the joy I'm going to receive from blessing others with this story of hope. Awesome. Is that the name of the book? The the, na- the name of the book is I Am Here. Okay. Well, you're going to have to come back on the show when you're releasing the book so that yes, we can- Yes, I would love that. So that we can hear about the journey, the book, and introduce it to the audience. Yeah. And okay. it's so healing just to write down your thoughts and your journey and where you've been. Awesome. I'm excited yeah. to follow that. What's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? Oh, probably just a maid. Just someone to come in and clean for me. <laughs> Take one more thing off my platter. I like it. Yeah. Do you have a favorite product you use for yourself or your child or your family that you just love and couldn't live without? Favorite product. Um, I know it sounds so easy, but essential oils. They've made a huge it. difference in Troy. Really? And with us, just in bringing that peaceful atmosphere in. You're not the first person that shared that on that show. I might have to, um, I might have to do some investigating myself. Yeah, um, I've really enjoyed the conversation. I could, I know there's so much more, but just from what we've talked about or what's on your heart for the listeners in Naked Parent Nation, what do you say to those parents out there? You need to find what makes you you again, and really just find your community. And self-care can look like whatever it takes for you to take care of yourself. It doesn't have to be big. I play with stickers, whatever it takes. I've loved the conversation. I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Thank Um, you for having me. I think it's very inspiring. And, you know, I feel like a real message in this show is to find the you inside you. And I appreciate you for sharing that and re-inspiring that in all of us. And I hope you and your family have a wonderful day and holiday. You do the same. And thank you so much for this podcast. It's helped me out so much. And I know it helps others. 
Thank you so much. Yep. Bye. Bye. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes And we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.